0: Wishing Day by Lauren Miracle Chapter 10 A Week Passed Natasha didn't receive any more notes. Another week passed, and on Friday, Natasha's English teacher talked to the class about the Ides of March. Natasha already knew that the Ides of March were. It was a fancy way of saying March 15th, which was tomorrow and which was Ava's birthday. Tomorrow, Ava would turn 12, which meant that she'd be the same age as Daria. She and Daria would both be 12 until Daria's birthday in August, when Daria would turn 13. Then Daria and Natasha would both be 13 until Natasha's birthday rolled around again in November. It wasn't a normal family configuration, Natasha knew. Papa and Mama had popped out three baby girls in quick succession. Bam, bam, bam. But it was normal for Natasha. She was used to it. She knew nothing else. Since Daria had come long before Natasha was a year old and Ava had joined the pack less than a year before. after that. Ava came early was her autopilot response when kids asked how the three sisters could be so close in age. Early and teensy and perfect. Twelve years ago tomorrow. As Natasha walked from English class to her locker, she thought about her birthday present for Ava. It was a gold necklace with a crystal encrusted heart dangling from the middle. It glittered and sparkled just like "'Just right for Ava. "'The hall was packed with the kids. "'The air smelled like books and Pop-Tarts. "'Outside, the weather was gloomy, "'but inside, everything was bright and cozy. "'Everyone was cheerful, including Natasha. "'She reached her locker, twisted the lock, "'and pulled on the latch. "'It didn't open. "'She banged it with her fist. "'It still didn't open.' Benton saw her struggling with it, and he strode over and banged on it himself. The door sprang open. Thanks, Natasha said. No problem, Benton said. He turned to go. But I banged on it too, she said, casting about for a way to keep him there longer. Why did it work for you and not for me? Benton turned back. You have to hit it in the right spot. I did. "'Well, and you kind of have to be me. "'I am pretty awesome.' "'Oh, of course,' Natasha said. "'Fizzy with delight. "'They were flirting, maybe possibly practically. "'She fought not to smile too wide. "'What was I thinking?' Benton grinned. "'Then he looked worried. "'You do know I'm kidding, right? "'Wait, you're not awesome?' No, I am, but. He floundered. Natasha kept her expression innocent, but on the inside, she was buzzing. He crossed his arms over his chest, leaned back on his heels, and said, Aha, pretty tricky, Natasha bloke. The way he spaced out the syllables was adorable. Pretty tricky. The way he said her name made her skin tingle. That was funny, Benton said, nodding. That was good. He looked at her in a new way. There's more to you than people think, isn't there? Benton, a guy called from down the hall. Dude, you're holding us up. Dude, chill, Benton called back. Then he said, all right, we'll see you around, Natasha. And he loped off to join his friends. That afternoon, Natasha lay on her bed and replayed the moment. She tried to decide what it meant, if it had meant anything at all. She wanted it to have meant something very much, but could wanting something make it come true? Because on her wishing day, Natasha's last wish had been to be someone's favorite, to be seen as special just for being herself. Benton's notes, which was how she thought of them, even though she didn't know, for sure that he'd written them, had made her feel special. Absolutely. And today, when he looked at her the way he did, that made her feel special, too. When he'd said there was more to her than people thought, her stomach had flipped over. Except then he took off without a backwards glance. He said, see you around. But there wasn't anything special about see you around. So it was confusing. He'd flirted with her at her locker, but he never beckoned her over during lunch like he had with Belinda. He never patted the table he was sitting at, encouraging her to hop up on it so they could talk. And who said the notes were from Benton anyway? She'd let herself imagine that he'd written the, And somehow the possibility of Benton being her secret admirer had lodged in her heart as truth. But what if that was just wishful thinking, wishful thinking? Of course it was wishful thinking. Making wishes by definition was wishful thinking. Natasha sighed. She had a hard time imagining herself ever perching on a lunchroom table, to be honest, but maybe thinking wishfully required taking risk. Maybe she could be the gr- that girl, adored by a boy who grabbed her feet and playfully swung them back and forth, or not. She stared at the ceiling, which was a good ceiling, with a familiar pattern of cracks that she would turned into a multitude of things over the years. An old man's profile, a chapel, a duck. Today, she made a question mark out of the cracks. It was a stretch, but it suited her purpose. There were so many things she didn't know. Her third Wishing Day wish was to be somebody's favorite. The wish before that was to be kissed. And according to Wishing Day rules, she was supposed to make that wish come true herself. But how? Benton was the boy she wanted to be kissed by if she was going to be kissed by anyone. But what was she supposed to do? Approach him in the hall, grab his shoulders, and pucker up? Find him in the cafeteria and say, Hey, Benton, want a smooch? Hide by the path he took to school and pounce on him when he came strolling along? No, no, no. With an especially big no to the -the hide-by-the-path scenario. She'd scare him to death if she sprang out at him with no warning. She'd scare herself to death. She'd both fall over dead and foxes would feast on their bodies. Or worse, she'd jump out, waggle her hands and arms and go boogity boogity boo like the boogeyman. She wouldn't want to. She just would accidentally for the simple reason that she that the idea had floated into her imagination and was now lodged there forever. Ugh, no, you will not go boogity-boogity-boo to Benton, Natasha, she told herself firmly. Understand? She shifted positions, taking her hands out from beneath her head and splaying her arms wide, palms up. She tried to relax her muscles and let them fall off her bones, a phrase she'd picked up from her gym teacher during a unit on yoga. It was a horrible phrase when taken literally, wonderfully horrible, and she and Molly had latched onto it for that very reason. For almost a month, they let their muscles fall off their bones every chance they got. Sorry, Mom, but I can't. Molly would call from her bedroom when her mother asked her to come back downstairs and clean up her dishes. I'm letting my muscles fall off my bones. Or Molly and Natasha would flop onto the lawn of the school courtyard and spread out their arms and legs like stars. What's new, Natasha would ask. Oh, nothing. Just letting my muscles fall off my bones, Molly would say. You? Same. Natasha smiled, remembering she could call molly now if she wanted she could say hey doll face are your bones falling off your body wait not bones muscles are your muscles falling off your bones then she could ask molly for her, her advice she could kill two birds with one stone another dreadful expression if you thought about it why kill the birds at all but she could ask Molly how to proceed with Benton, and that would prove to Molly that she didn't have intimacy issues, that she did open up to her. She owed Molly a call regardless. Molly was going out of town next week for a family thing, which meant she would miss the spring festival. But Molly was okay with it because her parents were taking her to some big outlet mall to shop for a dress because the family thing was something she had to be fancy for. Her cousin's bar mitzvah, that's what it was. Molly had been talking about it all week, and today at lunch she'd said, Oh my gosh, I haven't even described my my aunt and uncle's house to you. What is wrong with me? Then the bell had rung and Molly had groaned. Remind me to tell you about my aunt and my uncle's house. It's seriously a mansion, okay? Hmm, Natasha thought, shifting again on her bed. She was fine with hearing about Molly's aunt and uncle's house, but maybe not right now. She could get out her journal, she supposed. Writing things down might make them clearer. Or she could do push-ups, which her gym teacher said were an excellent all-body workout. She sighed and shifted positions. Stretching her legs out long and pointing her toes, she pulled her pillow into a better position beneath her head and continued to stare at the ceiling.